Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Shalom. Shalom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You speak Hebrew. It's very good. <laughs> it's the most important word in Hebrew. <laughs> okay, I'm very glad to be here. And it's not the first time I'm here, maybe five or six times, not in Bangor, but in Northern Ireland. My first experience was not so good, I have to admit. Uh, I remember I was with Pastor Ronnie McCracken. Maybe many of you know him. I think maybe his wife is here even. <laughs> and when I was standing, you know, and seeing with the book of the hymns, you know, uh, they were praising the Lord. And it was written there that our faith has to be like a beacon. <clears throat> to us, to encourage us. And I came to Ronnie and say, how can the word bacon can be in the, in the worship? <laughs> and everybody was laughing, you know, it's my English. So, and from this time, it was a joke that came in Northern Ireland. So I hope it didn't arrive here. Anyway, now I know the difference between beacon and bacon. <laughs> okay, so I uh, represent the messianic testimony today and I want to say uh, that okay you know maybe the history of David Barron and uh, John Wilkinson when they founded the messianic testimony the, the mission of the Gentiles also to the Jewish people and maybe 12 or 13 or 14 years ago I started to the asked me to join them and to work with them in Israel. Uh, and I was born there, and it was such a blessing for me uh, to serve this mission. And I want to thank them, that because without them, maybe I would not be here today, and, and <clears throat> maybe I would not do what I'm doing. So I really want to thank them because they were with me all the way. And I think of this thing I want to, to speak today about our work together, how the Gentiles and the Jews uh, can work together in the plan of salvation. Okay, this is uh, one of the things I want to say. And the other thing is that, as you see, I have eyeglasses. Uh, they call the eyeglasses of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and when the Israeli and Messianic Jews, that there are people like you, they have the Holy Spirit, they know Jesus in their heart, uh, but they are Jewish. Uh, we all our life, we learn the Old Testament. And today we can use the Holy Spirit when we know Yeshua in our heart, we can see him in the Old Testament. 
we can see all the pictures, the feast and the temple and the tabernacle and the Sabbath, uh, like it's written in, uh, uh, as you know, in uh, Colossians 2, 16, 17, when Apostle Paul said that the feast and the Shabbat are a shadow of the Messiah. Okay? So I will do it through, <coughs> actually, my story, uh, through the story of the Messianic Jews and, this, and the story of Old Testament heroes that we will present today. Everything I will do very shortly, but I hope you'll have an idea a little. Okay, so we will open. Uh, as you know, Israel, uh, uh, God called a man named Abraham, and through him the Jewish people to be a light for the nations. And as you know the story, we were not so successful in that, and we were punished, of course, we were exiled. But then after this, uh, many, many people thought that God finished with the Jewish people. And now the Gentiles are the new Israel. And from that was the seed of the anti-Semitism. Okay, and uh, we know that also today it exists, of course, even here, even in England and Israel in other places. So the anti-Semitism start when the cross became a sword. And through the uh, Inquisition and, of course, the na uh, uh, National Socialism, the Nazism also. Uh, so as you see, even this is the, the cross when the pilots got the Nazis Right? And Hitler used also the Kristallnacht, you know, in the, in the day of Luther's birthday. So you know the history. We will not tell you, but we know this was a seed for the anti-Semitism. And, uh, of course, uh, the point of the Holocaust where six million Jews died uh, in a Christian country, okay, uh, by a man who say that he, he was a Christian. And actually, is my story that start. Is my grandfather, is in, on, the, on the left side, he died actually in the age of 107 years old. It was very old. Uh, it was not happened to, other, to, to the rest of my family that died in very early age. Uh, many of them died in the Holocaust, but he was survived three, three times and rescued also my, my mother from the ghetto. Uh, I have no time now to talk about his story, but I will just tell you that he was in a village with 900 Jewish people, and uh, the Gestapo came and said, all the Jewish people have to be in the yard the day after with one suitcase, but someone hide him in the upper room, and the day after they took all the 900 and shoot them in the forest. And he ran away to a Catholic monastery, and uh, there was another child there and two Jewish people, but the Gestapo came, so the Catholic mother said, you have to run away immediately. Go two days' walk to the border. And she put an, a, a big cross on my grandfather's neck. This will save you, she said. And when they went, the Gestapo came, and the soldier pointed to my grandfather and said, are you a Jew? He 
raised his hand, they saw the cross. So they say, you are okay, go. But they killed the rest. Uh, and then he joined the partisans, and after two years they caught him, and he had to be executed for, uh, uh, with other four people. And he told me that in his cell, the first time in his life, he prayed, God, if you exist, please help me. He was a lawyer, very intelligent person, and independent, you know, never believed in God. But sometimes God puts us in this situation that we cannot do nothing anymore, just to raise up and say, God, help me. And that moment he prayed, there was a knock on the door, and the officer asked, what is your last question? before dying. And he said, it's so cold here. Can you bring me to another room when I can be more with heating? And they brought him to the director's place. And they were talking between them. And half an hour before the execution, this man went out from the room, came back with a suitcase full of money, and said, give it to the one who has to shoot you, and they will save you. They will cancel your list. How can I give you the money? This is a gift for you. And this man was a righteous Gentiles, one of the righteous Gentiles. And my grandfather took my mother, his daughter, and grandmother, came to Israel and dedicated his life to be the head of the righteous Gentiles in Israel. And if you go to Yad Vashem, you have the forest where Corrie ten Boom and Schindler and other. this was his foundation. You can see it in the field. So this was all his life, to dedicate his life to Gentiles like you who risked their life because, you know, if they found a Gentile who helped the Jews, all his family would have been killed. And why I'm telling this story, he wrote also a, a book called They Were Few, about these few people who really risked their life to help the Jews, probably were leading by God. And in the boat, the way to Israel, my mother and father met. And I was born in Israel. But because my, my mother and father were in the ghetto and in the concentration camp, they were very sick and died in very early age. And I was orphaned, just a child, very frustrated because what the German had done to, to my family and also to the Israeli people. And after military service, I wanted to leave Israel. All the memories from my family kept me. I said, I want to start a new life, but I want to help people. So I wanted to be a medical doctor. So I went to Europe and studied medicine. I wanted to be a, a, a psychiatrist, just to help people who are depressed and with traumas, even from the Holocaust later. But when I went, uh, one day my grandfather worked in Germany and uh, he invited me to visit him. I didn't want to come to Germany, but this was the only way I could meet my grandfather. Uh, and I, I came there and I met this man uh, called Jürgen. He was a German. And more I was friend to him, more my hatred and bitterness because he was a German came in my heart and I tried to offend him but he was never offended you know uh, he answered always with love things that made me more angry and I say how come you are like this he told me he was 
involved with drugs, were very sick. But one day someone told him about Jesus, Yeshua, and prayed for him. And he was healed. And then he gave me the Bible and said, I know your God of Israel. I want you to know him too. Now, for me, it was the limit. <laughs> A German Gentile, he was a very simple man, tell me, Jew, that know all the Bible, you know, the God of Israel, that he knows God of Israel more than me. So I was so angry, I took the Bible, I threw it from the window. I confess later about this, but <laughs> I, even if I didn't read the Bible, this man was my Bible. In him I saw the love I never had and the peace I wanted so much and the joy that I never had. So he provoked me to jealousy. I say, I know that he knows my God better than me. He knows my Messiah. I didn't know still about Yeshua, nothing about Jesus, but, but he provoked me to jealousy. So I, I knew I have to come there and to meet him. And I came again, and he gave me the book like the Holy Spirit told him, and said, this time, read it. So I, like a very proud, hard-necked Jew, say, I will read the New Testament, but I show him that Jesus, Yeshua, is not the Messiah. And I read about a man who speaks about healing and love and, and compassion and peace. Where is the bad man? Maybe in the end of the book. So I read the whole book of Matthew. And then God spoke to my heart. I came to him and he said, come with me to a meeting. It was a big meeting. No, no, no. To a meeting? No, never. But I gave him two conditions. I, I will stand in the entrance that I can run away. And I come half an hour later. Nobody noticed me. He was trusting the Holy Spirit to say, okay. And I was standing there. In the end of the meeting, I was so happy that the meeting ended, not because of me. But then in the moment came someone and gave a, a, a word of prophecy. He said, I brought you to this place. A, 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 he, he didn't speak to me. He speak, there is someone from Israel to chain to the land of your enemy, to change your heart of stone. And I will take this heart of bitterness and unforgiveness and bring my heart of peace and love and acceptance and reconciliation. And you will know my son Yeshua and you will go to your people and you will tell them about the Messiah and you will be a shepherd for your people. And that's what happened in Germany, in the place where I hated so much, through a German Gentile, I had another life. So this was the first revelation I had about the work together, Jews and Gentiles, how God can use Jew Gentiles to save the Jews. And our first generation pastors in Israel, many, many of them were saved by Gentiles that provoked them to jealousy. So like you see, I, I saw here a picture of a Sabra. Who knows what is Sabra? The sabra is the fruit of the cactus. This is like us, the Israelis. The fruit is very hard to eat. You know, you eat with spines. You, you have to take gloves and to cut with a knife and to open it and slowly, slowly, and 
at the end, the fruit is very sweet and soft. Like us, you know, when you talk to us about Jesus, immediately the spines are coming. No, who? I'm God of Israel, not Jesus. No, no, no. But then, if you let the Holy Spirit work softly and let the knife of God to operate in our heart, our heart is also soft and sweet. Uh, it depends on love and a lot of prayer because we have the veil. And if you pray and you are people who pray, the Holy Spirit will take out the veil and we see our Messiah. So that's what happened to me and to many others. And instead of uh, believing only in Elohim, that it's something very, uh, very far and holy, God became Abba personal father to me and to me it was very relevant that I would, that was an orphan not only a saint and holy God but also a personal God a personal Yeshua that came to my heart and then I uh, God started to serving uh, uh, to uh, use me to go to Holocaust survivors and help them show them the love of God and I will tell a little more about this uh, this is a, a couple who was in the time of the war, and today they are like this. And uh, after we work with Holocaust survivors, I don't know if I'll have time uh, to tell you, but we have also in our congregation a saved Holocaust survivors. This is one of them named Sylvia. She's 92 years old, and maybe uh, like one year ago, she was baptized. She couldn't go to the lake or to the sea where we generally baptize. So we came to her home in the bathroom. And, and I told her, you know, that the angels are so happy that you, you today know Yeshua. And she said, yes, I saw them dancing. So this is one of the fruits, you know, uh, uh, of what is God is doing in Israel. And this is the book uh, that you will find there, uh, Joy for Ashes, that I describe my story and also uh, Yeshua, the shadow in the Old Testament. And God called me and my wife. My wife, she is a Gentile from Switzerland, Jew and Gentile together, Boaz and Ruth, yes, to a place called Rishon Lezion. Rishon Lezion you can find in Isaiah 41, 27, I will put first to Zion. Okay, Rishon LeZion is a very strategical city. It's the third big, biggest city in Israel. The national hymn and the flag came from this place. And uh, around uh, 1882, uh, people found water there, digging, 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 and they found living water. Today, the water tower is like this. And it's the first synagogue in Israel, came in Rishon LeZion. Also today, it's the synagogue and the first school also. And people were pioneers and came with tents, living and digging uh, in the sand to find this water. Today, there are no tents there. The, this is the, the buildings. But it's a very strategical place in Israel, where the Baron Rothschild started his vineyards. And God called us 
uh, uh, to this uh, place to be a pioneer and to be a, a source of a living water to the people there. Because God's plan is in two parts. He is, uh, you can see it in Ezekiel 36. First, he brings the people from all around to Israel. This is the physical salvation. But then he changed the heart, uh, poured the holy water of the word, and make them repent, put his heart. This is the spiritual salvation. And this is us, the Messianic Jews. We are still small, like 15 or 20,000 in whole Israel, but we are growing and growing. And God tells us to start this congregation called Tehilatia, God's Praise. Uh, I wanted to bring my harp, but uh, it was difficult to bring. It's a big one, and because of connection flight, I hope next time we can manage to find here one harp. So I'll be happy to play for you. I am not a musician, professional musician, but God, once I made a photo with a harp, and God said, this will be your instrument. Worship me. And from that time, I'm always using this. And I will not tell about all our ministry, but I want to focus in one of them, the unity in diversity. One of our vision is unity in diversity. As you see, like a rainbow, we are, God showed me a picture of a wall full of stones, very different one from another. And he say, I will bring you people, different nation, different denomination, different culture, different age, very difficult to put together. But the cement will be my love through the Holy Spirit. And it's like the rainbow, like you saw. The rainbow make from different colors, but together they reflect the sun. Together they reflect, if we are together, Jews and Gentiles, together we reflect the glory of God. And it's, it's difficult, I admit, as you see the songs, the worship in Israel, uh, uh, we have 17 nations in our congregation, and uh, we, the songs are in many languages. Here you have a Finnish, a Israeli lady. Uh, her mother, she is from Ukraine. Her father is from Korea. And her husband is from Finland. So this is unity in diversity. And you know, you, <laughs> uh, unity is very important to Yeshua. How we know that it's important? Because John 17, the last word before Yeshua went to die on the cross, he didn't say pray a lot. He didn't say read the Bible. He said be one like I and the Father are one. And the last words of someone who goes to die uh, are the most important words. And this is people, they are my neighbors, they are Chinese Jews, and they also live in Israel and they are in our church too. Ethiopian, Russian, Ukraine, many, many people. I, I will tell you it's not easy. I, 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 I am telling it to you because the pastor come, the, the, you know, the meeting started five, 
4.30 already, the German people and the Russian are waiting. Because <laughs> but 5.30, the Ethiopian comes, because they have no watch, you know? <laughs> and when we start to worship, so the Finnish people are very quiet, the South American and dancing, the Israeli people are talking, and the pastor are desperate. What to do? <laughs> but this is life. I mean, there is the blessing, because like God told me, preach love, preach love. And even if it's challenging, through the Holy Spirit, we can make it. And I think this is what, uh, what uh, God wants. And he doesn't want a congregation only from Russian speakers, only from Ethiopian speakers, only from Arab speakers. He wants all together. And I want to tell you that we have many Arab uh, congregation in Israel and brothers and sisters, but in our, uh, not many Arabs come to Messianic congregation, but in our we have two families, Arab people, and we start now a new congregation in a city near, make from Arab people. So uh, this is me quite a time ago, because I cannot show the face of the Arab brothers and sisters in Israel, uh, but it's a, someone from Egypt and someone from Syria. And pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It doesn't mean pray for political peace. The peace is the fruit of the Spirit. The tree is Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. If Arab and Jew will believe in Prince of Peace, Yeshua, this is the microcosmos of peace. And this happening a lot in Israel. I think you will hear it more tomorrow by Lisa Loden and Salim Munayar, uh, but it's happening. So we have to read less and less the newspaper and the news and to read the word of God. That this is the truth not what the, the media tell us. So please uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It means pray that the priests of peace will reveal to Jewish and to Arabs, and then will be peace. And it's happening in minority now, but it's still going to happen. So as you see, Jews and Gentiles are working together. And this is very important. I have no time today, but Sunday I will talk about the Book of Ruth uh, in the Trinity Church. But I just can tell you one thing, that if we put the eyeglasses of the Holy Spirit, if Ruth represents the Gentiles, and Noemi represents Israel, and Boaz represents Jesus, so... Ruth knew about God of Israel from Noemi, but Ruth was the one who brought Noemi, uh, who brought Boaz to Noemi. It means you knew about God of Israel from us, from Abraham, from the Bible, from the prophets, from the apostles, and even the Messiah was a Jewish. Yes, he was not Irish, but he was Jewish. <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> okay, but because we close our eyes, God came to you, revealed himself to you to provoke us to jealousy. 
in order that we can come to meet him. And when we believe in him, he will come again. So you see the work together. It's so important. And, you know, I like the story of Joseph. You know, Joseph, eh, eh, the brothers didn't recognize him like Jewish. He was for them an Egyptian prince. Like Yeshua for, for, for us is a gentle Messiah. But one day he came and said, I am your brother, Joseph. And they will cry and repent. And one day he will come on the Mount of Olives to the Jewish people and will say, I am not your gentle Messiah, you think. I am your brother, Yeshua. And they will cry and he will put a spirit of mercy and supplication and they will know him like their Messiah. And just to continue, our work also is in non-profit organization. I'm, I'm a a director of this non-profit organization. It's called Maim Chaim Chinam, Living Water for Free. And we are helping the needy people and the Holocaust survivors uh, because I think Yeshua sh show his love through giving also. The, the last thing is Isaiah 40, 31. Uh, uh, Who hope in the Lord will fly like eagles, will renew their strengths. And this is something that spoke to my heart. The birds are using a lot of energy, but the eagle know how to lie upon hot air and spare energy. And we are sometimes like these birds, like martyrs, working and working and working. But God wants us to be like eagles, sometimes to rely upon the Holy Spirit and just to relax in him. And God spoke to me to have a house for rest. We don't charge money for this. People are coming, especially if they burn out, depressed, or want to, to have a place to rest near the sea. There is a prayer room there, and very nice. And we make a Shabbat meal and go to the congregation day after in two conditions. Always I give you two conditions. One, not come all of you together, and secondly, not come for one year, just for three or four days. So where are the books? There is a, my brochure with a mail. You can get uh, this and write to us. And also if you want to have our newsletter in English, you can have it through this mail. And this is the prayer room. Yes, so I just wanted to, f to end here and just to tell you. Like the fight in Amalek, someone mentioned it yesterday. Moses when the war, when two people raised his hands. So our battle is in the valley. But our battle, our enemy, Amalek, is not the Arabs. They are the, the Satan. But you, with your prayer, lift our hands. And when I come here, you provoke me to jealousy. I can say, I wish we would pray for Israel like you pray for Israel. You are really devoted people, and I'm really thankful coming here and see people not young also coming and praying day and night because they have God in, of Israel in their heart.
So I just want to thank you and to say that we really blessed by you and I hope that we will our relationship Jews Gentiles will strength and we can help also you just to show this is our family three children uh, Roe Matan and Leah and this is my wife and we need your prayers uh, uh, if you can just pray that we have a building because we don't have a place. We have many, and uh, uh, we started another, even uh, we about to start Arab congregation and others, and we need more place. And again, I want to thank you and Messianic Testimony who gave me this privilege to, 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 to serve. And through you, Gentiles, uh, even my life was destroyed, I could receive a new life and many, many other Jews. So you see, remember our work together. You knew about God of Israel from us. We close our eyes, God came to you, you provoke us to jealousy that we can come again and he will come. So it's also your interest that we will come to him, right? because we all want that Yeshua will come back. Amen? Amen. I just want to pray for you a moment. Father, I just want to thank you for all these brothers and sisters, and I just want to ask that you see their hearts, Father. You see their hearts, and they really provoke us to jealousy in what they are doing, to a good jealousy. And I just ask you to bless them, bless their churches, bless everything they do, that the one new man in the Messiah will be fulfilled more and more successfully. Not Jew, not Gentile, not Arab, all together in Yeshua. Amen. Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.